Welcome back to another commodity update by Mercado. These updates are designed to be a concise summary of the major drivers in agricultural markets over the past week. This week we'll be covering off on topics such as live export of sheep, the drought and its impact on wool quality, the administration of Lempriere grains, and also how rainfall is impacting upon cattle prices. We're going to just jump straight into straight into the grains industry. The past week there's been a couple of different good good news items on the way. The first of which is that there looks like there's going to be some very good rainfall over the next eight days in northern New South Wales and Queensland. In these parched areas, they're looking at some models showing up to 150 mils. So that's that's going to be good news for the coming for the coming seeding. Another good factor is that barley. We have some good news in barley. It's been a bit negative over the past month or so due to this. Uh, Chinese investigation into uh, alleged anti-competitive dumping, but we have seen a very large tender of about 720,000 tonnes of feed barley into Saudi Arabia for delivery in May and June. So this is a good demand driver and I guess we can be potentially competitive into that market and it shows that you know there is still some demand there that is not necessarily just into China. Uh, also looking at weather overseas, uh, the U.S. is experiencing some very bad floods in the Midwest. The market hasn't really factored in too much risk. It's still a little bit too early to see what the impact will be. We may see delayed uh, seeding of the spring crop, but one factor that we do know is that they are liable to have plenty of subsoil moisture uh, for the coming months and most likely for the rest of the season. Now we get on to the, the bad news, especially for Victorian grain producers. Over the past couple of weeks, there has been rumours in the trade of Lempriere grain uh, and issues with slow payments of, of, of monies owed for, for grains delivered. Uh, this all came to a bit of a head this week when it was reported in the newspapers and by a number of uh, industry contacts that Lempriere were no longer answering their phones. Uh, they'd removed their website and uh, clearly that's a, a massive red flag for anyone who who has delivered grain to them. It was then announced that they had gone into voluntary receivership and uh, having having spoken to a number of industry contacts uh, we sort of tally up the losses as as well well into the millions of, of dollars both to farmers and and various service suppliers and this is going to be another another sting for a lot of producers uh, especially in, in in Victoria. If you follow me on Twitter, I've been I've been mentioned a few times that this was a major risk. We don't know exactly why Lempriere has gone into administration, but we have highlighted a few times that in a year like this, where the market is so volatile, that counterparty risk is increased. And so, on today's article, which you can access uh, for free of charge on the Mercado website, I have put together uh, some links to some articles of interest, which is uh, an article I wrote probably about a year or so ago looking at a couple of tips on how to minimize counterparty risk and an article which Olivia wrote uh, looking into PPSR which can reduce some of the risk when, when dealing with counterparties. So I guess uh, what I would say is uh, if you have got any grain that you haven't been paid for by, by anyone um, and, you're, and you're worried, don't wait around. Just uh, try, and, try and resolve the issue as quickly as possible. If you are one of those that, that are owed money by Lempriere, uh, I would advise you to get some legal advice as soon as possible and uh, I hope you get something back. So now I'm just going to hand it off to Matt who is going to cover off on livestock. Thanks for that Andrew. Uh, we'll jump straight into cattle. Uh, for those subscribers that uh, had a look at my Friday comment from last week, 
Um, you see, I've put my neck on the line with the Eki and said that I thought we were at the bottom of the cycle. And as it's turned out this week, we have seen a bit of a jump in the Eki. Um, I'll just kind of recap on, on what my thought process was there. If you looked at um, the Bureau of Meteorology forecast for rainfall with three-month outlook, a uh, fortnight ago, we had it was at the end of February, we had a uh, really sorrowful-looking uh, outlook for rainfall. Um, pretty much the whole of the east coast was um, was looking to be very dry for the next three months through that autumn break. And what we saw from that, uh, from the start of March and the first two weeks of March, was that there was quite a lot of um, turnoff of cattle, uh, particularly in the northern areas in New South Wales and Queensland. And obviously, that's what pushed those Eki prices down the last um, the last fortnight or so. But um, what we then saw is um, just just last week, actually, it was the 14th of March, was the release of the Bureau with an update of the uh, rainfall forecast. And it pretty much was a 100% turnaround and, and looking as though we might get a reasonably average to potentially slightly better uh, autumn break and leading into winter. Um, so I think, that, and then and then obviously we saw some some rain starting to fall from this tropical action that's coming through Queensland uh, and flowing down into um, southern Queensland and and potentially into northern New South Wales. So I think that gave uh, some impetus to the market, and we've seen the Yaki rallied uh, yesterday, just um, just got up to 4.21, so it's a significant jump. Um, and uh, I, was, I was fairly happy to see that because I had put my neck on the line saying that I thought we were at the bottom of the cycle in our Friday comment and so far it looks like um, you know we have seen the bottom so um, with a bit of luck for, uh, for producers heading forward and heading into autumn that um, the prices for cattle uh, will continue to climb. Uh, also late last week uh, with regard to sheep markets we saw a um, an announcement from the Department of Agriculture and Water Resources uh, just regarding uh, live sheep trade and as we head into the uh, the Northern Hemisphere summer um, that they're going to um, put a put a prohibition on um, on the on the flow of sheep uh, beyond the 11th uh, degree parallel so basically into that Arabian area during the northern summer um, there'll be no sheep and and it's a similar similar kind of uh, scenario that we saw last season where the you know, the flow of that trade was um, pretty much ground to a halt through that July uh, August period um, and the, look the result uh, for the broader market uh, for sheep and lamb, certainly on the east coast, it had limited impact, but um, across in the west, it was significant. Uh, we, we saw uh, a reduction in in uh, the spread that West Australian producers had been had been receiving uh, through that uh, period in time, and and for something like mutton, it was I think it was around a 300 cent turnaround uh, reversal of fortune for. Uh, for sheep producers over in the west, um, so there's a bit of a concern there to keep an eye on. If if we do see that live sheep trade halt again over this uh, over this our, our our winter or the northern summer northern hemisphere summer period, um, that that could pose uh, significant problems again for West Australian farmers in in terms of you know the amount of money they're going to receive for their product because they rely so heavily, of course, in the west on that live sheep trade, and it's 30% of their buying marketers. It goes to the live sheep trade, um, so I can't think of any marketplace where you can take out 30% uh, of the buyers and expect for price to hold up. Um, so that's a real concern, and hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, the government and and the respective stakeholders will be able to work through these issues so that we don't see the decline in volumes uh, in and that live sheep trade that we saw last year. And that's about the uh, summary for this week. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for that, Matt. Normally, the wool update would be provided by Robert, uh, but he's actually over in Kenya at the moment, and I believe he'll be doing a podcast on what he's been up to over there in the next couple of weeks.
but in his absence, uh, we have Olivia to provide us with a wool market update. Thanks very much, Andrew. So if you read any commentary on the wool market at the moment, including our own, it's pretty certain that there'll be a mention about poor wool quality dragging down prices. Why that is, is because within a drought year, we see some changes to the key measured wool qualities in the clip, and this has implications for exporters. Basically, the poorer quality wool makes it harder for exporters to put together their mill requirements. So this week on Mercado, we took a look at the main quality characteristics of wool, which are yield, vegetable matter and staple strength, and how these have been tracking along this season. So firstly, the average yield pattern for the season has been really similar to in 2006, which of course was a key year for drought. But even between drought and non-drought years, there is a really distinct seasonality to the trend, with yield usually falling around about now until April. The exact timing, of course, will depend on rain, but we can expect yield to fall a bit further yet in the short term. And if 2006 is anything to go off, the yield lows could hit around 61%. So lots delivered to sale with very low yields will have to wait a little bit now until rain falls and then even add a couple of months onto that before supply begins to ease. Uh, logic would say that vegetable matter is highly correlated to drought because of the lack of pasture leading to a lack of vegetable matter in the wool. But the story is not quite as straightforward as that. Vegetable matter levels tend to be more correlated with pastoral region rainfall and is sensitive to rainfall about one to two years prior to when it's actually tested. This means that the dry conditions from 2018 won't show up into VM wool specs until late 2019 and probably into 2020 as well. Finally, on to staple strength. So staple strength doesn't have a particularly strong drought pattern, but there is a risk that low staple strength will be seen in late 2019, hopefully if autumn and winter rains come in the next couple of quarters. So what all this means is that in the short term, we're going to see the selection quality of wool at auction worsen, at least for the next month or so, and that'll mean more discounts for very low-yielding wool in response to supply. Thanks for joining us to listen to our market insights. If you're looking for any more detail in, in any of our commodities which we cover, the best place to go is mercado.com.au. Uh, we've got over 3,000 articles. Uh, if you don't have a premium subscription, uh, you can sign up for a free trial, which gives you 30 days access to all of our articles. Uh, and if you want to upgrade to a premium subscription, it's it's pretty cheap. And, and I'm a Scotsman saying it's cheap, at $270 a year plus GST. So thanks for listening. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And uh, we'll see you soon.